Hey, y'all. I'm Casey Bell from the Shake Up Learning Show, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 103 of Podcast PD, sponsored by StreamYard, we continue the conversation to help new first-year teachers. We're going to share more tips and tricks. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindis, and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. What is up, podcast people? This is episode 103 of Podcast PD. My name is Chris Nessie, at Mr. Nessie on Twitter, and I am joined as always by my Podcast PD compadres, Stacey Lindis and Aaron Judge. Judge <laughs> Bianco. <laughs> we were struggling with a J name. That's awesome, AJ. I mean, he goes by AJ, so you might as well just let it fly. That's brilliant. There you go. How you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. How about you guys? I, I was just telling you guys before the before the show started. I'm I'm kind of like getting in the zone here for for school, and I'm a little nervous. So anxious, nervous. Not like nervous, like oh my god, I'm shaking my boots, but like. I'm anxious. I'm excited. I got a lot of things going on this week. Anxious you know. or eager? Uh, I had a principal tell me not to use anxious in a an a letter to families because it has a more negative connotation. Okay. So eager. Eager, excited. I don't know. I got a lot of things like on my mind, ready to roll. So like we're doing things for new teachers, but like I'm still basically a, a new, hate the word, administrator. Why do you hate the word? It sounds what would so, you what, what would you rather call yourself? I don't know. What is Fonz? Fonz calls me something. Ed, 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 ed educator, ed meducator. I don't know what he called me. Fonz, if you're out there, put it in the chat. Do you chat. remember you... when it was cool to say lead learner? Lead learner. Lead I don't like learner. That I don't like that. I'm not the lead learner. I'm like the assistant lead learner. Chief <laughs> education officer. No, administrator just sounds too official. I don't feel like I'm official. <laughs> well, we've hung out with you. I True think that. you're official. True that, yo. All right. Well, we've got a great episode in store for you tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Matter just so long as A, you listen, and B, you share this podcast with somebody get value from this conversation grab that new teacher's phone subscribe them to the podcast show them this episode show them what is up if you're joining in the chat hello and welcome hello to the Fonz, hey. my ed tech life the host he's on the uh on the education podcast network executive producer stephanie scrocky is in the house hello to you stephanie Woo-woo. great to have you here this is a continuation of episode 102 which was <laughs> Tips and tricks for first year educator part one. We called that audible towards the end of the episode. In that episode, we talked about uh, time management, classroom management, email management. If you haven't listened to that episode or you want to check out the show notes, uh, the highlights go to podcastpd.com. But if you're subscribed, you've already done that. You've listened to it and you are waiting with bated ears to listen to this conversation. But before we jump in, Stacy. As we get started here with the brand new school year, last year in the spring, you got us, me, to kind of do podcast PD stuff on the Clubhouse app. AJ, tune out for a second. Mm -hmm. 
Stacy, do you envision a return to Clubhouse doing the Monday morning motivation and the Friday reflection? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. Um, so here in New Jersey, we have a couple of like crazy, like first week things going on. But I'm thinking of starting even on um, on Wednesday, September 1st, which would be the day this drops. So I should probably get on that. And because um, that's <laughs> our first day back. And, um, you know, it would just be like one of those spur of the moment, not typical schedule. But I would like to get back to it. I miss those conversations. I miss learning and growing with people. Um, it's not to say I didn't enjoy my time off. But, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to get back into it and see how, you know, see if it still has the same legs that it had last year. We had a great group of educators that was part of that. And um, that was really good for me. Stephanie was always a a super helpful voice, a super helpful co-navigator in that since I am literally driving to school every day when we're doing that. Um, So she was a good, a good person to kind of just put into the navigator wheel. But yeah. How about you? Are you going back to clubhouse for anything, Chris? Uh, I am. I, I still dabble. I listen to a lot of content over the summer. And the reason I brought it up is because I too enjoyed those conversations. I could, you know, participate a part of that very much looking forward to that. So I'll, I'll be right there with you and hopefully I can do a better job of co-piloting. So. Well, your co-piloting duties were difficult once you started going back in and I, rec- you know, I, you know, I get that. So, so, so you're thinking September 1st. And then going 1st. back to your typical Monday, Friday. But so September 1st, September 3rd, and then let's rock on. No, because I don't have no, school no. on September 3rd. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the beginning of the year is weird. So it's not even going to be September 1st and then 3rd because I don't know about you guys, but I only report for the 1st and 2nd. And then we don't report again until um, the 8th, so, which is a Wednesday. So now I'm a little different. I report for the 2nd and 3rd and I'm off the 6th and the 7th. Right. Now we so have the longer fun. weekend. That's cool. We have the longest weekend. Well, I guess not, because we actually go the first, second, third, and then we don't go back to the ninth. Oh, so you get both days of Yom Kippur. Uh, is it Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah? I always get that. I believe it's Rosh Hashanah first. We get both holidays. Right. So really, if you're listening to this and you're like, all right, well, how do I find them on Clubhouse? Well, connect with Stacy and I on Clubhouse. We have a podcast PD club. So uh, just ask us and we can send you an invite and you can be a part of that. Uh, then you will get notified when Stacy schedules those clubhouse sessions. We're very excited. Also joining in the, again, people are very excited here in the chat. We got Mel A checking in. Tim Belmont is around. So the, the chat will certainly take on a life of it. While we have, this. Um, we talked behind the scenes and AJ, you wanted to lead the charge on hitting up a lot of these social media points that came up earlier because <laughs> Let's let's be honest. We shortchanged the great people who contributed by tweeting or Instagramming and put it out on Facebook with some advice for first year. So while we do have an agenda for this episode, we want to talk about relationships uh, with colleagues, admins, key building personnel, and we will certainly get to that. But why don't we jump off with some of the contributions of those who shared with us, AJ? So pick one. Where where do you want to go? Yeah, I think let's since it kind of goes with one of the themes that we have here. When we talk about relationships. Um, with the key stakeholders, we have Shay Smith at EDU Long Game says, get to know your site or district technology specialist. They can make your life in the classroom much easier. I think that's, that's pretty key. You know, I, I think we talk about relationships. What we have here, we talk about, you know, key building personnel as custodians, our secretaries, uh, administrative assistants, however you want to refer to them. Um, but the technology specialist is another person who you need to know because, 
you know, you get those illegal sites that, that, uh, that you get blocked from. So get to know these people. Yeah. And Shay's been on the show before. Shay um, came on um, this time last year to talk about just being in person and being hybrid. I forget what episode that was. But they're right. He's right. You yeah. Know, I actually mentioned that in uh, the last episode of the House of Ed Tech with tech tips to start the school year. First and foremost, get to know your tech people. And I'll share it here as well. If you see them in the hallway, don't stop them and did question mm-hmm. that you need help with right now. Because if they're in the hallway he or she is probably on their way to solve somebody else. So be kind to your tech people, especially in the present day. Cause yeah, use the system that they have in with. place. Use the system they have in place. We have tech tickets. Like I, I ask the question first just to see if it's a thing that I can handle myself. And then if I can't, I'm like, all right, I'll put in a tech ticket. See you later. Cause they are very busy folks. And there is definitely a cue that they are working. All right, Stacy, why don't you pick next? All right. So my good friend, Kristen Edwards said, I wish someone had told me, that I should join professional organizations and Twitter for support. I also wish that I understood what knowledge I would gain with experience. During their first year, you don't know what you do, but you will get there in time. And I think that, you know, Kristen's essentially saying, be gracious with yourself. And then also, um, you know, make sure that you're reaching out to area experts, right? So if you're a math teacher, join your math organization. If you're an ELA teacher, join your... ELA organizations and learn from those people who have probably been at it a little bit longer and have a lot to share. And then there's always Twitter and the other social. When I read this tweet from Krista, um, what really stood out to me was you're not alone. And this is, this is to the, even the veteran teacher, as we come back, we go in our classrooms and you're not really on an, on you close the door and you're with your kid, you know? So if you're not comfortable, maybe getting out there on social media and jumping into teacher Twitter or teacher Instagram or teacher TikTok, teacher fill in this blank, <laughs> you know, get to know the people in your grade level or in your department or on your floor or the person across the hall from you or to the room to the left and the right. And, you know, I, I know that that can be a challenge for, you know, maybe the, the introverted individual, but, you know, reach out your hand, hand anymore, but be willing to say hello to people and get to know people. Put yourself out there. Get to know the people closest. And if you're the experienced teacher, don't be afraid to like go up and introduce yourself and be that guide. Because um, even when I came back, you know, all the years of experience that I had being back in a building that was new to me in a grade level that was new. I'll never forget those two teachers who introduced themselves while I was setting up my classroom. And then the two teachers who went out of their way to introduce themselves while we were sitting in our first faculty meeting. Like those are my truest, dearest friends now. And I think part of it is just because they made the first overture and I was just feeling a little overwhelmed. So ease someone else into it if you are experienced. AJ, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, that's okay. I apologize for stepping on you. Uh, one of the things there that I thought was was huge was the professional organizations. Um, I, I think a lot of young teachers don't think about the professional organizations or they don't want to put money into a professional organization. I think it's really important to kind of dig into those organizations that, that fit your need. And ask your school to to shell out some money. That's your PD, and I think that's really important because even if you're not on Twitter, um, if you're starting to get on Twitter, those organizations have tremendous articles. They have huge following. You can kind of learn from the people who are part of that. So I, I think like for middle school, you know, get getting in charge with um, or putting put apart with is it AMLE, the Social uh, Association for Middle Level Education is big. Get it get involved in ASCD. 
you know, I, I find your local organization for ASCD. I think those are huge and, and those are very, very underrated. You know, a lot of people don't like to take advantage of this. You know, they look for those big scale uh, organizations that might not be helpful, but those local organizations are going to be tremendous to your growth. Yeah, I think even at, speaking of local, I know I'm pretty sure that a year long school subscription to Najamli, the New Jersey AMLA is $100 and your entire staff is part of that organization for that 100 bucks right. that your district would shell out. Right. 100 bucks there. ASCD is $89 for the year. So, you know, you can ask your school for 200 bucks. They spend no, it in other the ways. School, if the school did it, it's 100 for the entire building. Right. I'm saying, just put it out there. It might be $25 for an individual membership for if you're from New Jersey to do in Jamley. <laughs> I was New waiting Jamley. for that, AJ. <laughs> I can't say it. I like New Jamley better. Uh, the tweet uh, that, that I'm going to go to, uh, this one is from Kathy Iwanicki at Kathy on Twitter. And she says, listen more. Usually there's a reason behind why things are done the way they are. Sometimes it is a reason. So your first year teacher, you're in a new career. You're at the beginning of your career. You're in a school. See how things are done. You know, don't, don't, you shouldn't be walking in and thinking, I just got my, you know, four or five year teaching degree. I know all about education. I'll be the first to say I've been doing this for more than a decade. I still have no idea. So nobody can really ever walk into, into a school and say, I've got this all figured out. I know exactly what, what's going on. Especially if you're new, listen, ask questions. And again, that goes back to that relationship. So kind of get the lay of the land to meet the people two eyes one mouth that whole thing. all right i can go next lisa dab says to um, reach out to parents via phone email or an app and make positive connections with them long before you need to contact them due to an issue with your child um and then she adds set up a private digital community on facebook or instagram where parents can see and share in the day-to-day activities and her final idea is to do a seek out um, to seek out a mentor that can be um, that sounding board and guide on the side and that this is critical. So we talked about mentorship last year or last week in the last episode. Um, but I love the idea of I used to call them good news phone calls. Right. And I know um, we have a, a few friends in on Twitter who who are part of that community too. just making sure that your parents know that, you know, their child beyond them being like a nudge and that your first phone call or first interaction in general should not be, you know, Robbie did this, Richie did that, Chris and AJ were doing this on the playground, right? It should be like, you know, I really noticed that Chris really likes to communicate with people. Um, We're going to really harness that energy and maybe he's going to do a podcast, right? And so like parents might recognize that Chris takes over the conversation at dinner and yeah, like, oh, my my teacher, my kid's teacher knows him. And that's that's a really good thing. And then when Chris has some difficulty keeping the words in, they already know that you've reconciled, that you recognize that. And then it's a little bit easier to brainstorm, like, what are you doing at home so that he's not taking over the conversation at dinner? Maybe I can do that in the classroom and reinforce some of the the messaging that you're, you're taking on at home. No, you're absolutely right. Positive phone calls are great. I mean, when we think about what Lisa said there with the... Um, use of Facebook or Instagram, you know, for a new teacher, that, that could be, that could be something different. So check with your school administration before you your start. District just, policy. Yeah. Check your district policy. Don't just jump into, because you see other people doing Instagram and Facebook, you don't have to, you know, that could be completely private to you. 
Um, I would check with, with your uh, admin, check with your parents for permission before you do anything else. Um, so it's a great idea and it is beneficial. Just make sure you follow the correct policies, but those phone calls home, those, those, those are huge. That builds trust, that builds relationships. That's going to make, make your year go a long way with the kids and with the families. It's a huge win. I think that goes back also to, isn't that in that the Harry Wong book, you know, the first days of school that, I mean, I remember when I was an undergrad and going through this uh, teacher prep journey, you know, call call all your kids in the first like two or three days. Well, if I was doing that, I actually just got my rosters for the year. I'm starting the year off with 164 students. I, I might make those phone calls over like two weeks, two months, but, <laughs> but again, chip away. I mean, again, if you're an elementary school teacher and you know, you've got your, you know, 25 to 30 kids, you can certainly, you know, make those phone calls and break it. You know, I've done that before. It's great. Like you call home and you know, you're like, Hi, this is Mrs. Lindis. Is Chris there? Can I speak to him, please? Like, I had so much fun doing that. And the kids remember it. And, like, I remember where I was when I did it. I remember who I spoke to, what we talked about, whether or not their backpacks were packed, and if they had their school clothes picked out, what they were most excited for. Because I made sure to make all those phone calls the day before to let them know how excited I was. And maybe I'll do that this year. That could be fun. That could. I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> for 164 young people but i have 19 chris i have 19 this year that's my roster right now i don't have a class with 19 in it <laughs> i'm so excited i've never had a class so small. Well, well that goes with I, I was texting with uh some of my colleagues that the population of my building increased by 150 to 200 so i think my high school has 2300 students give or take that's but, yeah. a lot And I think, AJ, to to your point about not necessarily creating that Facebook group or those smaller groups, another way to to get around that would be to use something that um, is a little bit more recognized as being a collaboration space for parents, Mm -hmm. like like a class Remind, right? So using something like Remind to contact your parents in an easy way. AJ, or Chris, I see your face. What's that face? Well, that face, I mean, since you brought up Remind, let me just let everybody who's watching and listening to that we use Remind here on Podcast PD. So if you want to join our texting community, you can text at Podcast PD to 8110. And we will uh, not spam you. We respect you. But we send out reminders, little questions. We want to build community. So right here as podcasters, we're using the very same. I'm looking at some of these tweets we got in here, and I'm going to go to, uh, we'll go back to Ruth. Ruth shared something in the last replica, at Ruth Replica Twitter, uh, and she says, gather good ID. I listen to podcasts while I'm doing housework at night, and I listen to audiobooks while I walk to and from. So my takeaway there is go out and get the good idea. So we mentioned joining organizations in your content area, so certainly do that, but then you know, there are great blogs and podcasts, Podcast PD and House of Ed Tech. Those are great podcasts that you, we've got some other educator podcaster kind of hanging out in our audience. You want to go and check out My Ed Tech Life. Uh, Tim KV hasn't said hello yet, but we might be on his big screen TV right now. As maybe he's, he's watching us. Hello, Tim, if you are. Uh, go check out Teachers on Fire. Go to the Education Podcast Network. Go to Edutopia. Stacey and AJ, what are some of the blogs and websites that you go to to stay in the know? Uh, I'm I'm kind of like um, like Ruth there. I'm more about podcasts and books at this point. But um, I also like her division, Like right? So the cleaning and, and, and that kind of work is at home. That's podcast listening. The to and from school is audiobooks. 
Yeah, that's kind of, I have that division as well. On the way to school, it's all information. And then on the way home, it's entertainment with the audio. But yeah, I don't, God. Nope, go ahead, finish, finish it up. I, I don't really listen, or I don't really seek out a lot of blogs anymore. I um, am more for like seeking out the very specific tool for what I'm looking for. So new math curriculum, we have a new math, um, not curriculum, but new math resources. So I will be going specifically to that site. So knowing where to, how to find those is also incredibly helpful. I like that you made that distinction that you said that there are new math resources because it changed. So just new resources to teach math. That's yep. good. AJ, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, just to answer that question, we talked to um, podcasts and blogs. There's just so many things out there. I don't even know. Like, I, I feel bad just kind of picking some and not others. So, you know, I, I do listen to a variety of different podcasts that follow teaching practices or leadership practices. Um, blogs, you know, uh, Fonz has got me into Medium. So looking at Medium, I, I have found some great blogs there, his being one of them. Um, so Medium, you can actually use that. And you can kind of put in your interest. So if your interest is mathematics or technology or education, you know, it kind of sets up some beautiful articles and blogs for you. So I've, I've used that to kind of harness in, you know, and then we talk about our organizations, right? If we have people writing for the professional organizations, you know, there's, there's people there and, um, you know, I'll give a shout out. Teach better team has some good bloggers who are podcasters as well. Um, Matthew Joseph with his X factor has some good blogs there that, you know, he's put out some good stuff. So find what works for you and it doesn't matter who the people are. Just, you want to read something, read it. I also think you don't want to um, discount like teacher Instagram or teacher TikTok because I, I know a lot of people are, are getting great value there. I am jumping into a little bit of teacher Instagram. I still refuse to get a TikTok account. So I wait for Chris to send me the things. They're almost never explicitly classroom related or funny. That's okay. Wow. Okay. So first time out, <laughs> you, this is for the two of you and you who's watching and you don't need a TikTok account to download the app and consume content. You can download TikTok and search for teacher TikTok and use education hashtags and find the content. You don't need an account. You also don't need to post even if you have an account. All right. I get followed by people all the time with a tech or their TikTok account where people follow you. They don't have any content. So you can consume. You don't always have to be. And yes, I'm going to say this. You don't always have to be a creator, but it's a place where you can get value. And I want to throw out real quick. Um, if you have podcast recommendations or websites or blogs that you want to share with the community, we can maybe put together a resource. Send us an email podcastpd.com slash feedback. You can send us a message. Let us know your favorite edu bloggers or your favorite education podcast or tweet at us, uh, share them and your teachers get that. If All right. Before we get into the relationships real quick, just want to let you know that again, support for this episode as currently come from StreamYard. That's right. It's a live streaming production platform that you do this right in your browser. That's what we're using right now to bring this to the world. Uh, it's, we've been producing Podcast PD for over a year now since we started live and StreamYard lets us interview guests, take calls. So if you want to jump aboard and share some tips later on, uh, you can go to podcastpd.com slash join. StreamYard makes it easy to visually brand your live stream. So it's great for schools. You can use it for free or you can pay um, stream to multiple places, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We're there. <laughs> 
Um, if you want to learn more about StreamYard, use our link, podcastpd.com slash StreamYard. And thank you to Stream for sponsoring. All right. So we've been talking a lot about relationships. Um, we came up with four different relationship types that are um, a little more personal. And then we have those building relationships that just make your experience as an educator easier from the administrative point, meaning like the paper pushing or getting things done um, in your classroom. So where do we want to start? Do we want to start with those key building pro people or those more personal curriculum, grade level people? I'll be, I'll be honest, Stacey. I, I disagree with how this is divided in the notes right off the bat. Because There's that too. <laughs> in, in, at least in my school and from my experience, over the years I've been teaching, I've made really good friendships and relationships with custodians and secretaries and other support personnel. So I don't think we need to really divide it. We're just talking about how you as a first year teacher needs to build relationships with the other human beings in the school. And, so, and outside of the school. Yes, absolutely. Um, but let's start with, I think colleagues is a very important place to begin. So as a first year teacher, Again, and I alluded to this earlier, you need to, again, we're talking about the way humans interact. We're not going to work looking for best friends. You might find a best friend, but that's not the objective. Your objective is to do your job. And to best do your job, you need to talk to people who have been doing the same thing you're starting out doing right now. So I say start with grade level, department, floor, left and right. So the other teachers, go introduce yourself, right? Ask questions. That, that's good for understanding how things are done in your school. Because you're brand new. You weren't here. You don't know what the rules and regulations are, right? Vice principal AJ didn't come down and administer the law to you yet. You haven't met him. He's too busy in his office, right? So how are you going to do this? You've got to go and meet the people who you have access to. Not nice. Yeah, you metaphorical want... administrator, not real AJ. AJ's never. But you definitely want to build those relationships with the people that are doing what you will be doing. And chances are, you know, they have a couple of years under their belt and their experiences vary. So seek out different opinions, right? Go to the veteran teacher who's been doing it a while, you know, um, doing it for a while does not necessarily mean that you're stuck in a certain way. I found that some of the most veteran teachers are also the biggest risk takers because they can take those risks or because they've seen it all. And now they want to do something different, right? I also find that they can tell you what will and won't work. Right? Like we did this a couple of years ago. It didn't work out for us. Here's why. Let's like take this one element and see if we can incorporate it and do it a little differently. And I I, I think sometimes, um, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes veteran teachers get a bad rap just because some of them, you know, there's that stereotype that they're checked out or they're ready for retirement or they're counting down. And, you know, there might be some truth to that. I mean, I, I, I truly believe that most stereotypes exist for a reason, but- um, don't be afraid to seek out that level of expertise. Don't be afraid to go to the newer teacher who's been in your shoes most recently, right? And can can tell you what it's like and, you know, some of their more recent pitfalls and what they've learned from those experiences as well. Go make friends with the second year. <laughs> you know, and find AJ, a planning partner. Yeah. AJ, what do you think? Uh, I mean, connections and relationships are beyond important, right? Because you're going to see your, you're going to see your team, or your grade level or department or whatever you refer to them as. So they're, they're going to be part of your everyday. So 
when we say relationships, we're not looking for you to go down there and like get to know their life story in you know, 30 seconds that you're going to be there, but find a way that you can connect to them so that they know that you're there for them and you're going to ask for help. Like I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with making those connections and, and talking about the fact that you are going to need help. As Fallon just says right there. So teachers need to stop working in silos. I think that is a nice way to put it. I think too many of us think that they can handle, we can handle it on our own and we don't need the extra help or we don't need somebody else's hand-me-downs. We want to do it ourselves. We want to learn, but sometimes learn the hard way, you know, becomes problematic. You know, maybe you're not understanding how to do specific lesson plans. Maybe you don't understand how to use specific technology, you know, ask. And I think what you said there too about um, being there for them is key, right? Like you don't want to be the person who takes everything and is not giving back. So like if you have an idea or, you know, don't be afraid to speak up just because you are the new. But don't act like I know it all. It doesn't matter how <laughs> and, how many years you have. Yeah. And, and there, there's a fine line to walk there. And and speaking of a fine line, we actually have a uh, have a caller. So I'm going to bring right now. And let's say good evening to the Fonz from my hey, live, right here, live and in living color. What's up, Fonz? Hey, everybody. Just I love just being here with you guys. Love the conversation. Love everything that you guys are talking about. It's so, so important. And right now, just at least in the observations that I've made, you know, teachers coming in are number one. The ones that are already veteran teachers are still burnt out and they're just surviving and pushing through and at least feeling comfortable. But the new teachers, I mean, for a lot of them with zero experience that just being overwhelmed and just seeing that some of them may not be getting that support or maybe they're thinking like, what did I get myself into? So I think everything that you're sharing is something that's great that needs to be, uh, you know, talked about and everything, because I think it's, it's often overlooked. It's, at least the way that I've seen it, it's always like, go, 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 go. And teachers just take off and roll with it. And whoever can hang on, hangs on. And then regardless of, hey, if you're with us or not, like we're going to do our own thing because it's our scores that matter. It's our evaluations that matter. And th that's those are some of the observations that I've seen, you know, at least in these last five years being out of the classroom and looking in. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, like that was tough. You know, it could be hard to survive out there sometimes now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, they really just shut everybody down now. Now like, it's a mic drop. It is yeah. hard. It's and it like I think also just being the outsider looking in, um, like I, I'm hearing empathy in your voice, recognizing that. And I think sometimes once we move out of the classroom, some people forget what it's like to have been in the classroom. And they forget oh. some people forget in various stages very quickly, and then the other people hold on to that. And it sounds like you're holding on to that. And I think that that's a good thing for you. Um, in your coaching position, right, coach? Or are you an administrator? No, instructional software specialist. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, it, it's just one of those things, you know, like you said, uh, you observe and and I know like nobody, I mean, everybody means well in the positions that they do, but starting from the higher ups down, uh, you know, I think we, we could definitely do a better job in making those connections and really going out there and saying, okay, how else can we, may we be able to support other than, hey, here's the curriculum, here's what you need to follow, you know, make those connections because it's often there's a divide. I think there was a comment that was made earlier by some of you, maybe in the difference, like there's that divide between, you know, whether well, teacher in the classroom and then administrator, and then you've got the next level. But we should all just be a cohesive team. And right now what I observe, at least it's, there's a lot of moving parts, but they're not moving in unison. And, you know, something needs to get done, you know, a lot. And, and maybe it's just me 
maybe the problem is like being magnified a lot more. But I'm if I'm seeing it, I'm, I'm thinking that there might be other people seeing it or maybe I just really am holding that magnifying lens too close. But I, I'm, I'm just feeling them. I'm listening. I'm watching. I'm seeing them. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, we could definitely do a better job making those connections. And like you said, looking for those supporting those first year teachers and even supporting those veteran teachers because they still need that support. And, and we can't just say, oh, they've got this down. Everything's going to be fine and move on like as if nothing happened. I mean, people need the we need those connections that we really do. Yeah, I think speaking of the veteran teacher, too, um, like what I have found is that so much of the new pedagogical framework that your district might be adopting or the new way of thinking gets funneled into new teachers because, you know, they have first week training. They have like, I don't know what it's like in your district, but in my district, I think it's like a three year program with like a gradual release. But there's a lot of PD pumped into those first two or three years that the veteran teachers never get. So like unless they're having conversations with newer teachers you know, this new way of thinking or this new program or this new philosophy or whatever never reaches them unless someone makes the effort to make sure that they're also getting it. Yeah. I like to get AJ's perspective on this being a teacher, teacher straighter, you know, always, you know, is just kind of moving from that teaching role to the administrator role. And I know he doesn't like that word, uh, I know he's heavily involved and in moving into goes and checks in on classrooms and everything. He's never in his office. All right, Chris. Uh, so, you know, I just want to get his perspective as far as, you know, or what are you seeing or what do you are you looking forward to as far as the culture and then just coming in and putting those new teachers at ease, uh, you know, or or just reconnecting, I should say. What are some of the things that you've got in mind or that maybe your district leaders are talking about? No, I appreciate that, Fonz. Thank you for saying I'm not in my office. I'm in my office when I have to be my office. Yeah. Sometimes I don't I don't mean to be my office, Chris. I didn't say you were in your office. I said I know what you're trying to say. Office. No, I know what you're trying to say. Um <laughs> but no, I, I think Fonz, you're hitting on some 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 great stuff before when we talk about support. I think when we look at our new teachers, I think for a lot of our veterans, we forget what it was like being a first year teacher. I think we forget, you know, we forget what it was like because some of us had it easy. Some of them had a struggle. Some of us had a good mentor. And what they look at that is, is somebody who's a new teacher is supposed to have a mentor. They're supposed to have somebody who is assigned to them who's going to help them. I should not step on somebody's toes who is a mentor. That's what a lot of people think, right? So they don't want to get involved because they don't want to send different messages. So our new teachers are kind of stuck out there. For me, you know, we have a couple of new teachers in our building this year and I, want to do a good job of being there for them and kind of coaching them like I would coach anybody else. Um, we have two brand new teachers and then we have two more new teachers to our building who came from somewhere else. So, you know, it's going to be two different ways of coaching. One, I'm coaching to show them that this is what we're supposed to do as a teacher. And if you have questions, you have your mentors, but you can come to us as well. I don't know, as an administrator, if teachers are going to want to say that they're struggling. So I'll be there in, in, in classrooms to make sure that they are struggling. I can kind of pinpoint the things that they're struggling with. And for the teachers who are new to the building, I'm going to make sure that they feel good about uh, the, the, the culture and the climate that we have. You know, I, I think there, there's two different things you have to send the message about. For the young teachers, here's what teaching is like. Here's what you can do to help you along the way. And for the new teachers to the building, you know, this is our culture 
And this is where you, this is where we can support you in getting to that point. So, you know, it's playing two different roles, you know, as a coach, you know, you have your veteran players and you have your rookies. So, you know, sometimes you're hands off, but I'm going to be very much hands on and how they fit into our school. Cause like I'm new too. So like, I, I can't play, I can't play the game and say that like, I know everything cause I don't, but working together and showing that, that I'm there to support them and somebody in that building is there to support me. I think we're all going to go hand in hand and work very nicely. Excellent. I think that's really important. I think you hit on those things. And I, I mean, right now we just finished our second week of school, you know, returning back face to face. So I think that's why I'm speaking. I know some of you haven't started yet, I believe. And so I'm just kind of maybe it's a preview of what you might see. Uh, honestly, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed is that in the last, you know, because of what happened in the last 18 months, there needs to be that reacclimation process. And even us as adults getting back into those buildings, the connection is very different. You may have been working with those teachers for a while or, you know, going visiting different buildings, but it's just that there's a, there's a, a, a weird mood, like where people are kind of, I guess, for those 18 months, I mean, you're there at home, you're in your own comfort level now, you know, your own zone, your home office, whatever it may be. And now you're coming back and it's almost like, like, hi, like kind of like real awkward. Like it, it's taking a while for the teachers to reacclimate, but the kids, oh my goodness, they're having so much fun. They're back, they're laughing they're they're just enjoying it but i'm seeing that the adults are having a little bit more of a hard time kind of again getting back into the role and and just making those connections again with one another so i don't know maybe just a little preview hopefully you know things get better as as you get or are better than at least what i'm seeing you know uh when you guys return but maybe just some things to kind of look out for and really go that little extra mile like stacy and aj and you guys are saying like finding those new teachers and really, you know, go out and, hey, how's making them feel welcome? And then the veteran teachers too, showing that appreciation, just reconnecting, you know, just being that that cheerleader, I guess, for everybody to, to come back. And the culture is very important for sure. Right. And it can't be like, you got to be a cheerleader. It can't be hokey. It has to be a positive cheerleader because, yes. you know, I, I think I said it last week or I said it somewhere else that this year is going to be harder for our teachers than last year was. You know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on our staff. There's going to be a target on their back from the public because a lot of people are unhappy with the rules put in place. It's not the teacher's fault. So it really has to be a celebration for the teachers and every day has to be an acknowledgement of the good things and, and supporting them no matter what the situation is. So that, that that's how the year has to go. It has to be supportive for everybody, but especially our new teachers, because if they have a target on their back as a new teacher, as fresh blood in the water, then we could lose our new teachers in a couple of months or they could be one and done. So we really have to show them what it's, what it looks like. Like, look, teaching is not easy. You know, everybody kind of makes it out to be easy because we have summers off and all that nonsense. Teaching is not easy. And for the climate that we're in and the environment that we're in right now, it's definitely not easy for veterans or rookies. So, you know, I think everybody has to be on the same page and everybody has to be working together, you know, mentor, or not a mentor. I, I think what comes to mind for me is that I'll paraphrase Simon Sinek, and that is, you know, you don't need a title to be a leader or a mentor, let's say, you know, if we all looked out for each other, you know, look out for the teacher across the whole, introduce yourself. you know, if we all band together, which is what we should be doing anyway, pandemic, no pandemic, you know, if we say we're in it for the kids, then, you know, this is what should be happening all the time. So I, I borrow that, you know. 
Let, let's look to our left, look to our right, and just support the other people around us, no matter your role. That That's kind of where... Yeah, no, it's got to be a family. Like, and again, it can't be a hokey thing, but this is a family. You're working together, you know, 180 plus days a year. You got to be in it together. And as as JT over here, Josh Tovar, says stronger together is where your school has to be. You have to be together. You have to be one cohesive unit. You know, everybody on the same page, taking steps together to improve for our students and for our community. AJ, no, do you fun. have any other... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Stacey. I'm sorry. AJ, do you have any other tips for how teachers can can build those relationships with administrators? Like, is it overwhelming to invite you into the classroom? Is it like, when would be a good time? Right. Like, so, Hey, I have, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like everyone's going to have that sense of being overwhelmed with the return to this year. And, you know, you want to tread lightly, you want to go slowly but then, you know, when do you, when is the right time to seek out an administrator's opinion or, um, you know, also like what is the best way to build a relationship with an administrator from your point of view, either, you know, when you were a teacher or, you know, like what's worked best with you and your co- and your and your staff. So this is why I don't like the term administrator. Right. Because now it's go talk to your administrator. I mean, you talk to your administrator, you get nervous right away. Oh my gosh, what are they going to think of me if I can't handle this? Are they going to look down on me? Are they going to write this down? Are they going to put this in my file? Whatever. Like, this is, this is why I couldn't stand the term administrator because it, it's not like you can't talk to me. That's why I always say I, I'm, I'm still a teacher. Whether I'm teaching teachers or teaching kids, I'm still a teacher. Um, I, I think day one, you know, you have to look at me as another person who's going to be there for the kids. You know, maybe I'm not teaching the class, but I'm going to be around. You're going to see me in the hallway constantly, Chris. Um, you're going to see me walking through. I'm going to stop in your classroom and I'm not there to observe you. I'm there to see what's going on. I'm there to see if you need anything. You know, this is why I can refer to the fact that, you know, you have a question and now you're asking me, you know, to respond to something that I'm familiar with. You know, I don't want to just be blindsided. I, I don't want to have somebody come up to me and say, hey, uh, can you help me with this? And then I have to say, okay, well, let's wait till tomorrow where I have to see the situation. You know, I, I want to be active. Um, so I think if you're a new teacher, build a relationship with your administrators day one, because that right there is going to set a tone that you show your administrators that you want to do well. You show them that you are there to learn and that you're there for the kids, you know, I have some great teachers who really have embraced the fact that I'm just another person there and, and talk to me like I'm just another teacher, which I like, you know, cause I know throughout my career, I've had dicey relationships with some administrators because I've gone rogue and done things that I think are right for the kids. And I've done things in my classroom that other people are not. So when they come around, I'm like, oh, here we go. But it all worked out in the end. You know, I built the relationships from that point. So I think it's better to kind of start it up front than have to work from the behind. So what what jumps out to me is, AJ, when you're describing what I would call servant, right? A teacher of teachers, which I love. Problem is not everybody subscribes or uh, know where to find it in the dictionary. Raise your hand here on screen or let us know in the chat. If you were ever told as a first year teacher early in your career, don't ever go to your administrator if you're having a problem. And you probably heard that from 
your union or the veteran teachers, you know, don't, don't ever go to the admin and there again, that division is created that you're describing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. When go, go ahead. But, but that, that's just kind of what went through my mind is I remember being told if you're having a problem, don't ever go and tell the people who evaluate you that you're having a problem or you're struggling. So how do you build that relationship? If that's what you're being told or that's the advice you're getting. For, for me, I don't think that comes from the teacher. That's got to come from the administrator. You know, that I, look, if a teacher all of a sudden is like, hey, I'm going to buddy up with you. In my mind, I'm just like, oh, something's going on. Something's wrong. You know, something's wrong. So I need to help this person right away. But I think it comes to the administrator to actually go and go out and get out of their comfort zone and really be part of a conversation and go out of their way to, to connect. You know, so you open up the door instead of somebody trying to come to you who may be nervous to talk to you. Can I tell you something? So we have a new administrator in my building this year. And one of the first things she did, we have a weekly newsletter that went out, I think, twice so far this summer. Um, but during the school year, it's weekly. And when she introduced herself, she kind of made like a little bit moji, like classroom. It was like one page. But just to introduce herself and like make some connections that she knew about. Right. So like she's coming from a local district. She was in, you know, she worked as an adjunct professor at a local college and she was actually the adjunct professor of one of our teachers. And so she made that connection. She made this other connection and like so-and-so students attended my old school. And then what I really loved is it's what I do as a classroom teacher. She sent out a survey asking us questions, just like, what are you looking forward to? What's a question um, that you have this year that you're uncertain about? Right. And then the last thing she asked is, what is your favorite candy? And all I could picture was like the candy bowl that is in most administrators classrooms or offices. And I was like, I'm going to tell her gum because I don't need any candy this year. And it's exactly what I did. But it was just like, I just love that she cared enough to put it out there that she wanted to get to know us on a personal level. So it was like, tell me about your family. Like, it wasn't just like, what's your favorite content area? It's like, tell me more about you. And like, (laughs) I just thought it was really sweet. And like, first time I'd ever seen it. And this is my 20th year. So like, I thought that was nice. And, and that opens the door, right? And that, that that's that's what it is. And it's memorable. And then she responded to everyone who responded to her survey. She responded with it, which I thought was just, you know, it, it built, she's the first person to take that step to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I can knock on her door and go see her and ask her the thing and see if she has gum in her candy dish because I don't want to eat See if candy. she's listening. Did you, <laughs> you tell her what is your favorite gum? <laughs> uh, oh, I, I like icebreaker gum. <laughs> the little cubes are... Go ahead, Fonz, you were saying. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, and, uh, you know, and I think that's great, you know, those connections. But, uh, you know, I've observed also the other side where they, they come in so friendly. They come in like, oh, yeah, I'm here for you. I'm so open and this... And then the first time that you go up to them and say, hey, you know, and then they're like, uh, well, what happened? Like, you know, like and and I was like shocked. I was like, oh, OK, that's odd because this isn't the way that you came off, you know, the perception that you gave off and everything like, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here and everything and so on and so forth. And then, yeah, yeah I was like, that is very interesting. And, and it's interesting, you know, you get to know people. You know, and then you feel like, well, there goes my chance at talking to anybody. Like, who who else can I go to, to for help now? <laughs> I think Cindy Lauper sang a song called True Colors. Can play it here on there. Yeah, it. Fonz, mm-hmm. I think that's, re- that's really telling because some people do have that problem when it comes to turmoil or tough conversations because they have that relationship. 
they feel like they can't have that that conversation of you know something's not going right you know they feel like they have to drop the hammer instead of having a conversation being open and honest because oh i don't want to ruin the quote-unquote friendship that i'm building you know that's not what it is it's it's we just said it it's family it's a relationship if something happens if you're married you're still gonna get angry or upset with somebody you still have to talk to them you're not just gonna like move out right time, time same out. thing in your school if I ever showed you some of the evals Caitlin has given me over the last, you know, bunch of years, I don't know if I'd still have a job. Does she? Is it strong or Danielson? How does she? How does she rate you? Uh, I am for the most part effective in my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! But yes, I mean, some people they they all of a sudden kind of shy away because they know they're going to have to have those conversations, and that's hard for some people. Tough conversations are, are tough for a reason, but you either embrace the conversation or you shy away. For sure. Now, Stacey, uh, before we started recording this episode, you let us know that you had some time. So rather than cut the episode short, let me yeah. pass the mic to you so we can get your thoughts. And if you need to drop off and, you know, you've got your coach, you got to do, we'll we'll wave the magic wand. Um, so which relationship do you want to get your thoughts? Um, I really think the parent-student one goes hand in hand. Um so I just want to share, like you guys were talking about, um, just like celebrating those those big things. Our kids found out on Friday who their teachers were going to be. And um, by Saturday morning, I had my first student email. She was very excited. She was like, but where's the supply list? Apparently, the link wasn't working from the district. And then I was like, well, here's the Google site. You can find it here. But here's also the welcome letter and whatever. And she was like, your site's not working. So like just her working through that with me was very helpful. And I think that that like it was just very sweet. And then I already had a parent um, email my co-teacher and me just saying that she's very excited for the school year. Um, she's going to head over to the Google site, but she just wanted to drop a, a note saying that, you know, what we're doing is very brave and courageous work. And we've been through a lot. And if there's anything that she can do for us. And it like, I was like, oh, after like these, and it's like, I have to say my family's last year were fabulous, but you see it everywhere. You just see the vitriol and you see um, some of the the less than pleasant rhetoric that's out there. And it was just nice to get my first parent email was just a celebration of the work that we do. And um, I could have hugged her through the email. So I really like I look forward to meeting them. Um, our back to school night this year will be virtual again. But I think I'm going to do everything I can in those first few days to make sure that the kids make the room what they want it to be. And then we record them being part of the room. So they, the parents won't necessarily get to see like the artifacts that kids necessarily create for the, for the first, that first night, that first introduction to parents being back in the building. But I also just like the opportunities that being virtual for those evening parental experiences affords, because, you know, this is like last year was one of the first years where I had everyone have the opportunity to come because it wasn't time off of work and it wasn't finding a babysitter. I teach fifth grade. So, you know, they tend to have little siblings and parents don't necessarily feel comfortable leaving their fifth graders alone either. And it was just, so I hope that, you know, we talked a lot about lessons learned. I hope that this virtual zoom thing or Google meet, whatever it is that you're using becomes something that we can use as necessary, not all the time, but as, as opportunities present themselves, but. Um, yeah, I just want to celebrate that little positive note. I read that to my husband this morning. I was like, I got my first parent email. He's like, am I going to like it? I was like, I'll read it. <laughs> so big smiles over in the Linda's household about that first, the, those first contacts. It was good. 
So I just say whatever you can do to make your kids and parents feel like they are part of your community because you're there for them. You're there for children. And by extension, you're there with their parents, right? And their parents, whatever kind of relationship you build with their parents will impact the relationship you have at school with their kids. Mm. And I say parents, and and I really mean families. I have to like change my language a little bit. Um, But just knowing that like, you know, they're a conduit, a direct conduit to the students that you teach every day. They go hand in hand. And I do have to get going. I have to go get that kid from, from work. It's the last, last, uh, last Sunday of uh, summer work. Thanks gentlemen. Fonz, I hand over the wand. You get to do the magic sign off, and wow. I'm I'm wow. actually going to listen this wow. Wednesday. Jeez. Whoa! Jeez. Okay. Yep. Bold. Bold. <laughs> Bold. All right. See you guys later. See you guys on Clubhouse. Bye. <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just us. Uh, just us gents to uh, bring it home. So, uh, Fonz, students, parents. What are your thoughts? Advice for new teachers. What does that look like? Oh, well, just advice for new teachers. Uh, I think you've hit on uh, several is really it. Don't be scared to ask questions. Ask away, you know, and even though you may see that that teacher across the hall, maybe just a little bit busy and things of that sort, you know, just take into account. It's not that they want that they're ignoring you. It's just that sometimes, you know, and this is what we're, what I'm seeing back in the classroom get back into that comfort zone they're they're in those four walls again muscle memory so it's like i gotta get this done and get to get this done so there's always that planning period don't be shy to ask questions because these uh you know teachers that are there they've been through it they've they can answer all your questions fairly simple uh and just make you feel at ease so for sure don't be scared make those friends and also just uh Really make friends with the custodians. That's number one, always. The custodians are definitely were amazing to me in my first year. And, um, you know, those relationships still lasting when I even go back into those buildings where I used to work at. You know, I still see the same custodian. We have conversations. We talk about how their family's doing and things of that sort. And they're extremely helpful when you get those classroom emergencies, whether it's a student that might have had some sort of accident. There was a spill. There was something they're always going to be there for you and help you out. And, you know, also just really seek outside of your district that some of that professional development, professional growth, uh, read, never stop learning, try and try and fit in what you need to prep for your curriculum. Find some time for yourself, set that boundary uh, with work emails and things of that sort and set aside maybe 30 to 45 minutes where you can really, Seek some outside PD, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through a blog, get on Edu Twitter, ask away, get free resources, get connected, because that will definitely go a long way. And even to this day, I still have, there's a question I can't answer, like, you know, like AJ was saying, I'll, I'll go ahead and message people that I've connected with and say, hey, what do you think about this? Or is this something you're experiencing? What are your thoughts? And then I can come back with some answers and, you know, also be better equipped to answer those types of questions. So just connect, connect, connect. And that's definitely very important. And that's the best advice that I can give uh, from my 16th year in education now. A couple of things I wanted to throw out. Um, I was talking with my wife. She is a high school librarian. And I asked her what some of her advice is. And she also brought up the idea of, you know, become friendly with the custodians, you know, treat them with, you know, the utmost respect. And uh, she reminded me that what she does is 
come the different holiday times, she feeds them. She will mm-hmm. bake. She will bring in, you know, she'll call down the daytime custodian and say, you know, here's this big tray of whatever cookies, you'll do all sorts of stuff. Bring it down. Make sure the nighttime guys have it. She'll leave holiday cards for the people who take care of the library, you know, and then she has found ironic, you know, uh, not ironically, but happily that whenever she needs something, they're there for her. <laughs> you know, she needs something moved, furniture, different things like that. Um, so definitely take care of your support person and they will take care of you. Um, and it was, oh, again, we talk about relationship uh, and, and Fonz, you mentioned read. You want to build relationships? Everybody needs to go and read or reread How to Win Friends and Influence. That entire book by Dale Carnegie is all about building relationships and how to make connection with people. So, and also to go back to Simon Sinek, if you're going to ask somebody how they're doing, you better be prepared to stop and listen to their answer to the question. Not, hey, how you doing? Oh, well, I really don't have time to listen to whatever's going on, you know, but, oh, hey, uh, AJ, I heard your, you know, your dog wasn't feeling well. How's that? You know, what, you know, oh, you had a baby. How's the baby? Like, talk about these things and then remember when you talked about these things with people and, and my wife even, you know, literally write it down, have a conversation, go have a Google doc, write down, especially if you're a new teacher, you're going to see a lot of faces, get a lot of names, right? Write down who, who I spoke with, what they taught, keep notes for yourself, right? And then you know, every so often, maybe once a week, go look at those notes of the people you met today or this week and then seek them out and just follow up again, relationship building. That's what matters most. That's where I make it through a year. AJ thoughts. I got to be honest, I think Fonz just hit it on the head. Like everything is so important. Like, like especially our, our custodians, especially our secretaries, um, the, the crossing guards, like these folks you're going to see every day. Like be, be meaningful, be respectful, be kind. Uh, go out of your way sometimes. You know, new teachers, you know, don't just hang out in your classroom. Be active. Visit the main office. Say hello. You know, I, I think that's a recipe for a strong year. AJ, can I throw a question? Sure. Why not? Sorry, never mind. I'm going to throw a question at you. you We've go. done, you know, a full episode and now like 95% of another episode about advice for the first year. But you, you're at the relative beginning of being, you know, first, first and a half year, second year administrator. Teacher straighter. Teacher straighter. Teacher straighter. Teacher straighter. I don't even. Um, what are you looking to do as you're still what, at the beginning of this part of your career? What am I looking to do? Looking to do, learn. Let us get inside the head of you for a second as a teacher straighter dude that's a that's a completely other episode like well maybe that leads us into episode 104 it's called continuity continuity <laughs> great um no I, I i think i'm in the same boat i think first and foremost i'm just going to keep trying to make connections but i get to do it with more teachers and i get to do it with more kids so i i think that's where it starts for me i i think getting to know people on different levels both as an educator and as a person I, I think that's that's where I'm going to find my success. But there's so many things I want to do. I don't even know where to begin, you know, in this closing out of an episode to, to say, here are the things I want to do for the coming year. Can you give us one goal you have for the year? One goal I have. Next episode. One goal I have for the year is kind of the idea of establishing restorative practices for our school and positive positive behavior and noticing and recognizing positive things in our students to help them get through a, a day and understand that there are people there for them. Fonz, before we wrap things up and you wave Stacy's magic wand, I want you to talk about my ed tech life for a minute here. Let the people know who don't. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, guys, uh, my ed tech life uh, podcast that I host that I do weekly shows on on Saturdays and 
premise of the show is again very similar to what Chris does and what other podcasters do is just connecting educators, creators one show at a time and uh, but more on the side of you know having those actual conversations and getting to know you know our guests, you know bringing that human side, what inspired them to be a teacher, getting to know them from that background and then slowly building up to what they're great at, what their passions are, what the, you know they're doing and what, how, what they continue to do to change or be effective education leaders. Come get to know people, educators, you know, leaders at that personal level, and then also get to hear the great things that they're working on and really get to share their passions. And that's what it's all about. It is a great podcast and, and it is a good listen. I, I love the way you interact with people. So I think everybody should be checking out your podcast. You want to plug when you record it for those who want to watch it live? Yeah, yeah, actually. So we go live every Saturday, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, you can catch all our previous episodes at myedtech.life, myedtech.life. So you can check, uh, watch at, watch or listen to all the previous episodes. And again, just uh, thankful also to Chris and, uh, you know, being part of the EduPod network. And it's just amazing to be able to connect and uh, connect with such wonderful leaders such as yourselves that are going out above and beyond bringing great content for educators like myself to continue to learn from and continue to connect with other folks as well. So we will consider that our recommendation for this episode. Stacy had one, but she's not here to give it. AJ and I reading the description. When you're recommending a podcast, it's got, it comes from the You got to be so in it. Yep. Got to be in it. So, and the one she wrote down here, I've never, Stacy will be back with that recommendation next time. So go check out My EdTech Life. And the website again is myedtech.life available where you get fine podcasts. Before you wave the wand, we want to thank our executive producers. So thank you very much to Mike Brilla, Stephanie Scrocky, and Sandy Hartman. They are our current executive producers. If you'd like to become an executive producer, you can go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer, and you can show your support on a monthly or a yearly basis. All executive producers get a special sticker. And if you support the show for a year, we will send you a mug and a t-shirt and the magical sticker. And again, you can go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer. If you are getting value from these conversations, podcast Fonz, take us home. All right, guys. So I don't know. What does Stacey do? I've never made it to the end. Like the very end. The truth comes out. The truth hey, comes I, I, out. Hey, I I I want right, you Bob. guys. I'm getting my walk on and everything, and then I'm just Appreciate like, all right, that. it's go time. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. You got to do it then. Say good night, AJ. Oh, good. sorry. Good night, AJ. Good night, Chris, and good night, everybody. Now that sounds familiar. AJ, there make you sure go. that you get your. Make sure you get some some candy. Don't forget to get some candy. I, got, I now need a bowl of candy for my now teachers. Get a bowl of candy. And go. All right, there you go, guys. So good night, everybody. I'm so sorry, Stacy. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at podcastpd on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag podcastpd. To connect with Stacy, AJ, and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, at Stacy Lindis, 
and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoyed Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.